BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hey guys, welcome back to the Art of Craftsmanship podcast. My name is Dustin O'Hara and I am here with my brother and co-host Devin. Hello. And we are joined today with the promised Justin Dietrich from Dietrich and Sons and from the Rail Splitter uh, Wood Shop and from the Maker Camp Timber Frame. How's it going, guys? Good, good. We're, we're great, man. All right, Dev, what do you got for us today? If a man does not keep pace with his companions, perhaps it's because he hears a different drummer. Let him step to the music which he hears, however measured or far away. I like that one because it's a little different than March to the Beat of Your Own Drum. Because <laughs> March to the Beat of Your Own Drum means, uh, well, March, you know, we all know what it means, but it's like saying you're alone in, in whatever weird thing you like, which isn't necessarily true, especially nowadays, for good or right. bad, right? right? Yeah, 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 I think, read it one more time, or... Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. If a man does not keep pace with his companions, I like that part, yeah. perhaps it's because he hears a different drummer. Let him step to the music which he hears, however measured or far away. So if a man does not keep pace with his companions. So if he's falling yeah. behind, that doesn't necessarily mean, obviously, it doesn't mean you're worthless or you're, or you're not capable. You just have to yeah. find your, your niche. Yeah, you're walking to your own pace. I like that. Um I think I think that's important too because I, I you know as makers we are often especially in this day and age comparing ourselves to everyone around us because all that information is flowing so easily with uh, with social media you know so you're always co- constantly comparing with the people around you mm-hmm. what you're doing and that's that's a hard thing to do and uh, it's um, it can be demoralizing because everybody only puts <laughs> up their best stuff. 
you know you don't right. see the the mistakes and the like the stuff that people didn't like you, know, you only so everyone's only seen their best stuff so the same thing that i put out is these are some of the cool like you know edited photos of process pictures they're still edited photos and i'm still cropping them really nicely and i'm clearing my shop out so you don't see all the shit everywhere and <laughs> you know i'm putting up what what i want people to see even if it's like process stuff what, what do you what do you think about that justin uh, I really like the comment or the quote, um, and I agree with both of you that um, the idea, kind of like Dustin, what you hit on with uh, social media and Instagram, and there is, I mean, you literally, you can jump on today, like, you know, my Instagram feed always look, you know, it's following 10 to 15, like, timber framing guys that are way better than me. Right. And so for me now, the interesting thing is, um, you know, for me, they're creating inspiration for something that I want to be, but at the same time, they are all really good, very humble people. And if you go talk to them, you know, they'll say, oh, well, you know, I'm just doing my thing or, you know, um, and so I think that eliminates, uh, I can't remember exactly what you said, Dustin, but you were talking about uh, um, kind of like feeling intimidated or demoralizing. And so I think that kind of knocks some of that off because I think anybody that has been around long enough knows like, you know, how many errors you've made. What's what's the old famous quote? Like the master has failed as many times as the apprentice has ever even tried or started or something along those lines. Right. I, right. I, yeah, exactly. So I, yeah. I made that comment to one of my students yesterday. I have a student in one of my classes in my intro class. He's a freshman. You can tell he's probably never done any woodworking in his life and he's struggled, you know, and he's made a lot of mistakes. And a lot of my students are, some of them are starting their third project of the semester right now. He's still trying to finish his first. And I said something to him the other right. day. I said, how many, I asked him, how many mistakes have you made on this project this semester? And he's like, I don't know, like five or six. And I go, I've made all of those same mistakes 50 times each. (laughs) I'm like, I've made all of the mistakes that you have made, you know, many, many more times than you. And so it's just about, you know, getting back up, dusting yourself off and getting back up and full steam ahead. Yeah. Yeah, and I I agree 100%, and I think that's where so many people don't have that opportunity to talk to people uh, who are like-minded all that often, because I think a lot of us as makers are often just in our shops making. You know, making is a a fairly solitary thing, unless you're in a class where you're learning it, which is why classes are so valuable and why you and me as teachers see that, you know, we can actively talk and walk someone through their mistakes and push them push them forward and say you know we've done these things before but if you don't have that if you just have your shop and you're making something and then you're just you're putting it out there but you're just seeing what other people are putting out there you don't get that chance to talk with other people who are like-minded then you don't get that the reality of that situation that everyone is making something and making mistakes but we're only seeing the really nice finished products online right or you get like a jump from the beginning to the end you know so you you see that ending and you're like, oh, man, I wish I could have gotten to that ending, you know, but there are so many mistakes in between. So where in the world could you meet up with a bunch <laughs> of like-minded people 
<laughs> and discuss these things and learn from others. Wow, perfect there are no segue. No such things. <laughs> so obviously, we were all at Maker Camp two weekends ago up in uh, East Durham at the Blackthorn Resort. Um, Justin, I asked Devin a question last week, and Devin, do you want to ask the question, or do you want me to ask it of Justin? You can ask it again. All right. So um, I wanted him to think about his um, the way in his Ex- mind his yeah. expectations right, of the right. event and what it was going to be like before he went to it. Now, that's a little bit different for you because you were at the 2019 event and then you did um, the the virtual event last year and then you, you were, you know, hosting this part of the timber and part of the event this year. Um, but do you remember that, like, thinking about going before you went the first time, what your expectations were and were they, like, did you they live up to your expectations or... Do you remember that? Yeah, so 2019, yeah, I would say, but I would even say that I kind of had an unfair advantage because I had been to Blackthorn once before. And right, I, okay. also I'd been to a class at Jimmy DeResta's. So, you know, I knew the area and several people that were at that class were going to be at Maker Camp in 2019. And so, you know, I kind of already had uh, – like a certain level of comfort with some people that were there. Um, I would say though, I I would even go as far to say even after 2019 and knowing that, wow, you know, there's a, this is a really kind of a cool thing that is getting started here and then doing the virtual thing last year. I would say that 2021 exceeded my expectations of what I thought this was going to be. Um, I had, I had some worry that just because of COVID and everything going on that I, three months ago, I was worried that they were even going to get to have the event. Um, but then as things kind of started looking like, yeah, this is going to happen. Then I was kind of worried like, well, what type of a turnout is it going to be? Is it still going to be a, you know, really low numbers Mm -hmm. just because people don't want to travel or timing or whatever. And in my mind, with all of those things that could deter it, I thought it went as well as it could have. What did you guys think? Mm, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I think it, it it far exceeded my expectations. I, I had only been up to Blackthorn to, for the few hours that, you know, I went in the summer for the Timber Inn to meet up with you and hang out for a little bit and work a little bit of the, uh, the mortise and tenons. But other than that, it was, uh, I, I had like a slight prem and, and like I, I was hes- not hesitant, but I, <laughs> some, I guess in my mind, there was some worry that it had gotten a lot bigger since the first time. And so we were going to miss out on that, um, kind of smaller, more personal feel to the event that like intimate Jimmy described. Setting. Yeah. Yeah. That it was going to feel less intimate and more, you know, just more like, any other big event so but i think even even with the amount of people that were there i didn't feel that way at all and it still felt really small even with maybe there were 500 people or something but it didn't feel right. like that or 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 it would uh or everyone you talk to would be like oh so much better in 2019 you right, really exactly, you really missed yeah. it man <laughs> but none of that happened and it wasn't and my worry was that it would be like um 
like an amusement park style thing where you're always like trying to look over rows and rows of people or like a packed bar where you can never get a drink. You're like five people back and you're like, uh, whatever. I can't even see. Um, but it wasn't, it was great. It was nice, small groups around all the events. It was, uh, awesome. And you could talk to anyone. It, It was fantastic. Yeah. What, um, for, for you, Justin, as as one of the kind of, I guess, presenters, you know, leading the timber in, um, you had obviously the majority of Friday and Saturday there, you know, working on that. Um, do you still feel like you got enough, like, ability and time to move around and see people and talk to people and kind of do the other stuff that the event, you know, had for those of us who weren't there in a demo? Yeah, I, like I said, we woke up. Friday morning and we, well, Thursday afternoon, we started kind of like, uh, doing our inventory on our timbers and double checking everything that we had done over the summer. And so then Friday morning, it was like dry fit day and, you know, start, uh, getting, uh, peg holes drilled out and, you know, kind of finalizing. Mm -hmm. Remember we had to, had to set those steel brackets that Chris Zepp made, you know, going Uh, through doing all that type of stuff. So then that Friday was probably like my, uh, I think probably most mentally stressful day just because it was like, okay, this is pretty much it. Like everything is getting prepped to go together. You're like today you're going to know if there's, if we've got big mistakes or if something's not jiving or whatever. (laughs) And really by the end of Friday, I started to feel pretty good. And then once we kind of got a good start Saturday morning, and we kind of got that first bent together. It was like, okay, now we got this. You know, now people can see it. And so now we can start setting this group off over here and this group off over here. And, and it really, once we kind of got into a rhythm, it yeah. was it was pretty fun. Yeah. And I think the nice thing about one of the benefits of having the timber in is that there were a bunch of guys who then kind of knew each other and had already worked together. And although I was only there for a couple hours, I still kind of knew some of those guys and, you know, could kind of just keep working. It wasn't like trying to just just put a bunch of people who had never met together and get them working as a group to get this thing done in time. And um, I did have that feeling at one point in the morning. I was like, man, that's a lot of work to do all in this remaining time on Saturday. Uh, but, yeah, I definitely uh, I felt like, you know, it went up once, like you said, once we got that first bent going and – then kind of everyone knew what to expect and you had people everyone was kind of independently working and obviously we everyone was coming back to you for the final questions if you had something we weren't sure about we'd ask you but otherwise you had groups of people who were working together who knew what the steps were on their own they could kind of push forward i think that was uh, really important to have those that kind of that relationship built up over those couple days from the the summer timber and and then you know transferred over to this day because i think if we had started um well, I think the the potential was there that at, at in the morning on Saturday, seeing the work that had been done, I never built any any timber frame structure, so I didn't know how long it should take. But you know, my mind was like, all right, we got everything already cut and pretty much fit up, so it should go pretty quick. And then it was taking a little longer because there's all these little final final details and cuts and things you got to make, and then doing all the draw boring holing and all that. And um, it, I don't think it took longer than I expected, but when we finished. It, it from the time the like first bent went up to the whole thing being finished, it, it went really fast in my mind. Like I know that was still five or six hours that it took, but everything kind of flowed really easily at that point. Yeah, 
And I, something else you hit on that I also picked up on when we were out there was kind of the uh, camaraderie that we had built up from the Timber Inn in mm-hmm. July. Like that was, I definitely felt like the people that had come out to the frame in July and done that work over those few days. Like we had, in my opinion, that that was a really fun like few days worth of work. Like that was a fun yeah. group of people and it was a fun weekend and that gave us time to kind of, you know, get to know everybody and like I had said, it I had liked the Timber Inn because it literally was the only thing to do at the Blackthorn that weekend. So if you were there, right. you were there yeah. for the Timber Inn. You know, it wasn't like the maker camp where, oh yeah, I'll come over and I'll I'll, you know, help out with a mortise or a tenon for half an hour. I'll you know, drive a peg or right. something like that, and then I'm going to leave. <laughs> it was like, no, it was like this dedicated thing to that. And then, so that gave us a chance to really focus on that work. And then from there, come yeah. back and put it together. It definitely, you know, and there was that group of people that wanted, I had a lot of people tell me, like, I I wasn't going to miss this. They were, they were like, I was coming back yeah. to see this thing get put up because, they had had a hand in it, you know, and, and I think that that's a pretty special moment and a pretty special feeling, you know, for people to have yeah. that type of an attachment to, you know, a, a, a small structure pavilion that we put up in East Durham, New York. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I feel like, like you said, there was kind of that, that, um, feeling of, I guess, ownership, you know, that we all had a hand in, in putting this thing together and at least I know for myself, and I think Devin as well, because he's interested in timber framing, we uh, we knew coming up to the maker camp that we were going to be there helping all day. Like, you know, obviously if it was going to take all day, all three days, then we would have probably popped off and done a few things here or there. But because the, you know, the whole plan was to do the main raising all on Saturday, get everything, you know, work on Friday, get everything, you know, cleaned up and ready to go, and then Saturday have it done once once we knew that that was the goal, then it was like, you, I wanted to stay. I didn't want to miss any of that. You know, that was important to be there yeah. for that whole thing and help out and feel like you had a part in it. Um, I think uh, Devin probably felt the same way. Yeah, no, for sure. That was a big thing. And um, no, yeah, it was it was great. The only the only thing I missed, I, I ran away the, for the <laughs> second, the third, the last, oh, which something, something was going up and I missed yeah. it. I came back, I was like, I went to get my drone. I missed it. Dustin was like, "Yeah, it went up." Blah, blah, blah. Oh, ah. the last, the last bent. I think that was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the third yeah. Bent. So I stayed ever since then. But I did. I don't. I don't think I showed you, Justin. I got drone shots during the day and the night. But I got a really cool drone shot. Um, I could only charge my drone. Oh, silly me, I didn't charge them at all. So when I got there, we were always. I was always looking for plugs and stuff. So I had plugged my battery pack up to where you guys were charging all the other wireless stuff <laughs> and I had that sitting there and it towards the end, I got it up in the air and then right away it's like batteries dying. So you got to bring it back down. So I was like, all right, if I'm going to do that, I'm going to at least get a shot. So I yeah. pointed straight down at the structure and I slowly came down and then I slowly tilted up as I got level and it was perfect. Nice. You were like, you were straddling the top, like pointing and giving direction. And like, I just, I sat it there for like 20 seconds. It's like the perfect shot. So that's definitely going in the video. Oh, that's nice. cool. That's cool. Just uh, when do you, yeah. when do you hope the video to be done? 
it'll be this week. I actually I lost because cool. I just um, I, I moved into a new house, so I lost my SD card reader. So I hadn't been able to get the footage in, but I bought a new one, and uh, I'll I'll do it this week. It'll definitely be up sometime this week. Um, can we go back, Justin, to your trip? To like what? How many months in advance were you preparing all the all the timber? And I know you had some there and some at your house, and then your your drive halfway across the country to get there. <laughs> right. Yeah. Are you want me to like walk through the whole process, or just? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. So yeah, yeah. yeah well, coming the, up with it, the idea and then yeah, it, and then going through it. Yeah. It just when when I went out there in 2019, um, and I got out there. And I just, you know, was kind of, I was just excited to be there and see all these amazing people and everything. And what I love about the Maker Camp is I feel like everybody, because Dustin, I even picked up, you said something by the end of your weekend. You were, you were thinking about ways that you could contribute in some way. Like, mm-hmm. and I can't remember what it was you said, but... When I was out there in 2019, you know, there's these blacksmiths doing all this amazing work and there's just everybody kind of going around and doing their thing. And I was like, how could I contribute? You know, how could I, uh, um, Mm -hmm. you know, really like put my hand on this a little bit in a way that would be that would be fitting, you know, and I'd been getting into timber framing for a little while at that point. And that was kind of like the drive for me to really like push more into it as far as like really get going on it and so i talked to austin about it and i said hey what do you think about this and he was like yeah i love the idea and so that was october 2019 so in january of 2020 um i sent him a cut list of all the timbers for that structure and he had them cut and milled like right away in january so that would have been that would have been fine, you know, if we would have ended up having some type of a timber or, or something in, in the summer and then have the camp in 2020. But then obviously the world turned upside down. And so we end up doing virtual <laughs> maker camp. And those timbers have been sitting since January of 2020 mm. until we got to them mm. in July of 21. And so now you're going on. They've been sitting a while and. And when we worked them uh, at the timber end in July, there, there were some that were dry. There were some that we ended up, we didn't end up using all of them. There were some that had some uh, bug issues that got, where bugs got into them we couldn't use. So we had mm-hmm. to kind of go through and, and make do with what we could. But um, the fact that we were able to use it, you know, still from, from that first cut, um, I felt pretty fortunate. So July, uh, Chip and I came out, and I think it was what over three days. Uh, in mid July, we did a timber yeah. in, where anybody that was a a free event as far as the event itself. You could pay to stay on the grounds if you wanted to, but I think Dustin, you just drove down right for the day. I did, yeah. I was uh, I was in, on vacation up in Lake George, so north of Albany. So it took me about an hour and yeah. 20 minutes or so to drive down from there. So I came down, yeah, Saturday morning and stayed from, I think, 9 to about 1 o'clock or so. Yeah, a couple hours. Yeah. So we, I, I think I counted throughout that weekend, I think we had about 32 to 35 people at the Timber Inn in July wow. working on it. So, you know, it's in 
there was probably 20 to 25 people consistently working on it and then you know mm -hmm. another 10 to 15 that kind of rolled in like yourself and so that was pretty cool you know that was a really cool way for me to get to meet a lot of these people that i message with and you know that i follow and yeah and and it was fun to get to see different people work differently you know there was so there's just at that time there was so mm -hmm. much work to be done there was literally something for everybody yeah. for like three straight days um so then fast forward to the event um which was last weekend and yeah it was just it was an awesome weekend and that the saturday it, it was such a good feeling um getting that building put together and it was cool for everybody to be together to make that thing happen and then as you guys were both there they they dedicated it to aaron madia who uh you know he had passed away mm -hmm. he actually you know he just passed away i think three weeks after the timber and which that was that was the first week that was the first time that i had met aaron i had messaged with him on instagram before but right. um meeting him for the first time was that weekend and you know the the dedication i thought was was a was a pretty high level dedication i mean it the frame looked awesome and then yeah. what there were probably 75 people there you know and standing yeah. around yeah maybe more than um, that yeah yeah jimmy jimmy Duresta said some really nice words and i think it was i hope it was good for him you know to be able to have those people there and talk and and then uh yeah it was just what an what an amazing event and what a an amazing experience to be a part of, you know. And yeah. so no matter yeah, I talk no to, matter what um, happens, go ahead. I was gonna say I was talking to Patrick Reynolds about it earlier, and uh, I think earlier, maybe at some point on Saturday before we did the dedication, he was saying how, you know, the thought was originally that it might be. Um, a uh, like hospitality type structure that you might build that that way it would be something like that in the future and and um you know it's unfortunate that there was a loss that that then made it you know put the dedication as to like being dedicated to aaron um for his passing but i think it was um to me i think it was even more like climactic than the than the than the t-rex the burn which was pretty climactic on sunday but mm, um yeah. i think having yeah, that on right. saturday to, to be the like the cap of saturday you know to like have that everything it's really it's all lit up at night and it looks beautiful and they got the picture of aaron hanging up and the you know the plaque on the on the actual structure and jimmy talking and everyone hanging around and and then yeah. like music afterward and and the uh, happy hour and all i think it really was a, a very like special moment in time that um that was pretty epic for the event you know yeah. but unfortunate turn of events for aaron's life but but really a really special thing to be able to do and to kind of figure out a way to to do something to highlight him at the event which is really really important i think and i'll say for someone who never met him and and didn't know him and dustin didn't know him but it gave the event it wasn't somber i mean it was somber when Jimmy was, uh, you know, talking about him and talking about his love for him, and that's always going to be touching. And after that, it gave it a, like I said, it wasn't a downer. It was like a, I think everyone just got more lovey-dovey. I mean, that could have been more like a, a lot of beers, but everyone was like huggy and like, 
everyone was talking about things and like bringing up people they love. And like, I, I feel like that night was a lot of that. Like I remember showing pictures of my daughter to, you know, random people and chatting about <laughs> things. We, you know, it just felt like everyone was kind of loving the space and time they were in and just thankful for the things they have. And it gave it a real nice feel. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like it was a really good highlight on what that event is about and not to take away from any of the other uh, maker events that get put on. But I think that one is a real special one in the way that they can do a lot of things that the other events can't do. Like you're you're probably not going to be able to get to another event where you had, you know, 30, 40, 50 people working on one single structure over a few days time in the summer and you know, coming back and putting this thing up and then, you know, having a dedication like that and having it be more about like, I mean, it really felt like a community of people together to me. You know, it felt Mm -hmm. like this is a large group of people that have come together and, and are, we have this bond of, of making and wanting to make and wanting to, you know, pursue knowledge or, or whatever it is you say. But, um, but the common tie was we're kind of all here together and no matter, you know, Hey, here's uh, somebody over here that does epoxy. Here's somebody over here that makes knives. Here's a timber framer. Here's a blacksmith. But at this event or at that moment, you know, and that dedication, it was about kind of everybody coming together and doing, I guess, doing something that was a little bit bigger than ourselves for that night. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, <clears throat> in that same vein, I think that there is that, that feeling of the event that everyone was there kind of with the same mindset. You know, you, you walk around, you see people that you notice and you walk up and you say, Hey, and, you, know, you talk for a little bit or someone sees you and they come up and they recognize you and they say, Hey, and you know, it's just, it was, it was a really easy event to be a part of. And I think, um, Devin and I talked about this last week, but it was, it, it, I think there are these kind of groups of people who are more familiar with each other. And so you'd feel like, okay, well, this group is talking. So, you know, I might not want to jump into that conversation, but, but I never really felt like I was part of, not part of something or was kind of, outside of something there was always this kind of just a uh, kind of a revolving door of uh, everyone kind of being in doing something and someone would break off and you start to chat with someone and someone was super super friendly and really welcoming and I think that we all have this yearning for that connection especially after a year of pandemic where we really were isolated from a lot of people and where people were used to going to events and then also that in combined with having a dedication for someone who we lost within the community that brought that, that whole mentality back around that, like, let's take advantage of this opportunity to be with people and talk with people and get to know some people that we've, you know, become friends with online or we know of, but have never really had that kind of more intimate conversation. And so I think those, those are the moments that were really important and special for me and a, a great reason to go to that type of event and, when I knew that the maker camp was happening the first year, um, we were going to my cousin's wedding up in Ottawa. So I, we weren't, we already had plans for that weekend. And then, so I was, you know, after that on the way home and seeing pictures from that and seeing all Mark Adams, awesome pictures. I was like, well, I'm definitely going back to the 2020. Like 
that was like on my radar right away. And then, you know, it was like going to happen and then it wasn't going to happen and then it was still going to happen and then it wasn't going to happen. So it was like <laughs> back and forth. And then the following year, Devin's like, well, hundred percent, he wanted to go with me as well. And we wanted to go together. So I think, uh, in my mind, you know, it was like, well, it would be tough to go to an event like this on your own, but, and, and, and of course it, it's, it's a little out of all of our comfort zone to just walk into an event by yourself and just start going up and talking to people. But this was the event where that could happen really easily. And it was, it's geared that way that everyone can be part of what's going on. You can walk into a booth and yeah, there might be something going on that you're not going to hop right in the middle of, but it, you know, things happen and, you know, there might be an hour where there's a demonstration here and here and here, but then all the other time around those times, it's like everything is open for everyone to be a part of. So like you might just pop into a tent and start talking to somebody who like, someone like I've followed for a long time, Jeff Fader and the modern forge guys, you know, to me, they're, they're like, they have their thing. They've done a lot of different uh, events and things, but it was nice to be able to just like look across the table and he's someone's standing there looking at you or you're talking about someone you're looking, you pick up their work, you're talking to about their work and, and we're all just makers at that point. So I think that was uh, that was that the part of the event that I really love that everyone's just there to be a part of this thing that, was really needed i think after you know the year of pandemic <laughs> get and, back out there and chat with people yeah That's i think a great the, point. I, yeah i think also there's a little bit not everyone was in a good mood but there also was a hint i think of be on your not best behavior but be nice to people because you don't know who you're talking to or at least for <laughs> me that's because the i like one group of people would be talking to another and then one person would be like, Oh, do you know who this is? And then they would like discuss or Dustin would be like, do you know who we were just talking to? <laughs> I mean, I was always out of it. So I'm, I, you know, whatever, I'll be nice to anybody. I don't, I don't care. But, but I think there was a little bit of that people just, everyone was nice to each other. Cause it's like, Oh, that might be, it might be someone big and you just don't know. You <laughs> don't want to hide. You don't, yeah, don't want to pick a social fight. media screen. Yeah. Well, and that specific event though, I mean, it is, I mean, we're obviously the common tie that I think most people there have is social media, you know, that we follow each other and follow along and keep, mm -hmm. keep up with each other that mm -hmm. way. But it's not a, but there's no like, um, the egos aren't there to be like, oh my God, there's uh, there's Jimmy DeResta. I can't I can't right. go talk to him. I can't like, you know, or whoever, whether Jeff Fader or or Jesse Savage, any of those guys, like they're just right there. Go shake their hands. You can pick their brain on something, you know, and it and it gives you the confidence even in yourself. Like that's what I've always been able to take away from this and meeting these people is, and it's not mm -hmm. to, it's not to take away from their talents. But you just you see like, OK, these these people are the top. I mean, they are the top of the of the echelon here. And like you're talking with them and you realize, like, I can carry on a conversation with these people like so I must be able to have something to give back to the community. I must be able to do something in that realm. And I think that builds right. your own confidence in a really good way. Yeah. Yeah, I agree 100%. I think that's <clears throat> I think there's like you said there's this mystique of this the upper echelon people who have lots of followers or lots of subscribers and have been doing it for a while, but we're all just in a different level of 
of you know quote unquote success in, in the grand scheme of what it is to be content creators um and like you said to your student you know i've made those same mistakes 50 times before so all the things that we we worry about the mistakes we make and the and that you know looking forward to meeting someone who has been doing it longer than we have everyone has just already has been in that boat before and is still in that boat you know none of us are i don't know none of us are like the president of the United States. Right. So we're never, none of us are the most popular person in the world, potentially sometimes, um, <laughs> most well known, you know what I mean? So there's always someone that we're looking forward to meeting. And I had a really cool experience is one of the stories. So I was, um, Devin and I were, let's see, I think at one point during the timber and, uh, or sorry, during the, uh, the timber framing part one Saturday, I walked back up to get something or, I forget what I was doing. I had to grab something from the the tent and I kind of walked up, came back down and I was in the pavilion briefly. Um, and I walked through, I think the back of Mark Adams photo booth while someone was getting their picture taken. And right before I walked through, I like kind of looked over and I saw that he didn't have his camera up. So I kind of walked across the back, across the back of the backdrop. And then as I was walking through, I, I saw the flash and I was like, oh, no. So I like photobombed someone. So I kind of went around and we were laughing. I looked at the pictures and whatnot. And um, and then Jimmy walked in on the other side. And so I kind of walked around out heading back down toward the where we were working on the timber framing structure. And I saw Jimmy's dad walking up. And so I saw him come back out. And that was a pretty like cool moment. So I just walked over and introduced myself and said, hey, and, you know, thought it was kind of cool to meet both of them together and i think that's like you know you see jim jimmy deresta but then his dad's in that like generation above him now he was obviously not the same type of maker uh community that we have but i just saw this like these two generations of you know i guess pretty important people to all of us in the maker community and why you know why jimmy's called the godfather of make is because he's like been doing this for a while and a lot of people look up to him and see him doing these different things and also the fact that he can has a, an amazing brain to make anything. Um, but being able to see that two generations there and know that like, you know, Jimmy came from someone else who kind of taught him throughout the years and inspired him to do stuff like that. Mm. And just kind of seeing that moment, that was kind of cool. And it gave me that impression of like, you know, everyone's got a father, everyone's got someone else that helped them along the way and taught them things. And Jimmy's brother was there and, you know, like none, none of us are, are, um, out here alone like we all been doing this together the same thing we we have that mindset of you know for the art of craftsmanship we've been doing it 2017 and i see people all the time who will post things and say like you know i started knife making from watching your videos and now i'm doing it professionally and you know so there's there's always this this level of different people who are doing it at different times and i think we all we all have something to share and that's really what I took from Maker Camp is that everyone has something to share and everyone has, has it can be a part of this event and a part of this community. It's very welcoming. What I said last week, I was like, it felt like a big group hug. Like the whole weekend was like just like a big group hug. Everyone's <laughs> just like arms around everyone. No one's outside. Like everyone's inside this giant weekend of group hugging. <laughs> as, as funny as that sounds, but. <laughs> that was that was really well said though, Dustin. I, I think that's a, a really cool moment that you shared with Jimmy and his dad. And it's a great way to illustrate like kind of the, the feeling of, you know, we all, we all have somebody that inspires us and we look up to. Yeah. And, um, how great was Mark like doing the photography the whole time? And I, I think I kept saying it cause at first you go like, I think, 
I think I asked Dustin. I was like, so what do we do? Do we like pay for it? Like they, you know, some photographers they'll send you proofs, but with like their logo over it, so you have to pay for it. And Dustin was like, no, he just does this for everybody. I was like, that is so. It's so kind and so smart at the same time. I, I, that's what I love. I love one who's someone who's who will do something good for people, but also you're being smart about it and you're definitely getting something out of it. I love that. <laughs> like you're giving your stuff away for free, but everyone's using your photos and everyone knows your name. So it's, it's genius. And I, I love that he did it. And the photo, all the photos from the weekend were so cool. Yeah. 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 Mark and Mark does a great know. job of capturing people too. Like there's, there's so much, yeah. uh, uh, I guess texture or character in the pictures that he captures. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think he um he also is really easy to talk to and work with, I guess, on and really on really quick basis. Right? Because you walk in and he's like, "All right, you want to take a picture? What do you want?" And so he'll take a couple pictures. Like, "Hey, what do you think? How about this? How about this?" It's just like so laid back and friendly and kind of smiley and, "Hey, let me show you a couple and then let's try a few more." And he gave a couple suggestions. I think that that was another key element of him as a photographer. It's like he was able, and I think that's, I think for all photographers who do portrait portraits, you know, that's kind of the key is to get the person to warm up and mm-hmm. either act natural or do something. I think that's also the fun thing about this event is that you could pull in other people and take pictures with other people and stuff and, and, you know, capture these moments. Photo, it's almost like everyone. People. Exactly. Yeah. Would you say <laughs> Devin last week that it was almost like a high end photo booth? Yeah, I said it's the highest and most expensive free photo booth there's ever been. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. I think that's just having that, like, having someone there to capture it and to push you a little bit and try this, try this, or how about move forward, move back. So he knows what looks good. He knows how to use, like, depth of field and all to push, you know, that the aesthetic of the photo. Um, but just having him there to be able to capture that, I think that was huge and something that, I really enjoyed from the first maker camp seeing all those pictures. So it was cool seeing him back again and he got some good pictures of us. It was fun. Um, Justin, was there anything that you wish you had done differently with the timber frame pavilion? Um, the, the structure itself, not really. Um, I wanted to keep it really simple, you know, just as far as style and shape and, I just wanted people to be able to get their hands on a timber frame, you know, and like you can see like how impressed, like even just a really simple structure like that one, how impressive they are, like to just walk up to me, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I'll be honest, like, and I'm, yeah, I was, I was probably like, I felt like a proud father a little bit, but it was pretty <laughs> cool for me to kind of stand back like throughout the weekend like maybe even be, you know, 50 to 100 yards away talking to somebody and just watch people that I didn't even know, like walking through it and like just looking up and taking pictures of it. And, you know, people that I never met and, or anything. And I just thought like, man, that's a that's such a cool moment, you know, is I've grown up a builder <laughs> and, you know, and there's definitely certain buildings in my mind that that I've had I've had the the. I guess, good fortune to be able to do, you know, through either, you know, uh, through like a really high level build or high quality build, or just maybe doing a building that meant a lot for somebody. I mean, this one was right up there with any of them, 
you know, where it's just when you affect so many people. And, you know, I think maybe a lot of people look at buildings as like, you know, like, okay, it's a building, whatever. But to me, you know, it's something that I've grown up in doing. And now it's like, it's becoming my artwork and it's how, you know, I, I, I really, like I really get inspired by buildings that make that give you a certain feeling when you look at them or when you're in them, you know, when you're having an event and, you know, it's just like, wow, this is such a cool room. This is such a cool building. Like those are the types of structures that I want to do. And those are the types of buildings that I want to build. And not just, I, you know, because I've been, I, you know, my dad was teaching me how to lay out walls when I was 11, 12 years old. And, mm-hmm. you know, so I've, I've grown up to the residential, you know, stick framing side and I've done plenty of structures that were, I guess, I mean, I don't want to use the word soulless, but, you know, just like, eh, I feel like anybody could have done this. You know, there's definitely those right. just average yeah. builds and I'm definitely at a point in my career when, when I walk away from a building or a structure that I've done, I want people to be able to like, say like, okay, I don't know how to do that or I don't know how that's done or, you know, they look at a building or a structure and they get a certain feeling or it just makes them feel like, wow, okay, that is awesome. And I definitely got that feeling, you know, last weekend. Yeah, and there's also the them not knowing how it's done, like it's magical, but it's also there's an accessibility because you can – see how it's done right it's it's mm. deceptively simple just like because stick framing you're always covering everything up always covering it up drywall right. throw something up uh paint it fix it done make it look like nothing was there so for once when someone sees timber frame they see everything they can start to put stuff together it's it's pretty oh that that goes in that hole and that's pegged through and that's how it stays together right yeah so there's this uh simplicity but there's the strength there that people are like, they they can see and they can feel. It's um, it's I, I don't know. It's a really cool thing. I think the ability to for the average person to see how it was built, almost like Lincoln Logs or Legos, it's uh, very impressive. That's... I think um, <clears throat> I think also people, like you were saying, Justin. There's there's a, a a point of pride to building something, and someone can see how it was made. Um, when you know, getting into like standard uh, housing and construction and stick frame, you know, like Devin said, some of that's hidden. Um, obviously, you, you, people could see a house go up and be impressed by its overall feel, but seeing how something was made, then you can see the maker. And I think that's the difference between the two is that when you see that, you see this thing and you can identify it with a person who had right. a significant um, hand in the design and how it went together. So you can attribute the work to the artist per se, you know? So like that, I feel like that's why, at least in my opinion, timber framing has more of that feeling of a, like an artistic architectural element to it because there's that design feel and that, the the chiseling of the tenons and you know drilling out the or the chiseling you know like just everything everything that goes into it as it's like it feels like it has a hand to it that yeah you might get the you might get the beams from mill but from that point on everything is done by the maker 
you know, so it's not yeah. just like just putting it all together, you know, taking all these pieces and putting it together. It's like you're taking all the pieces and then you're making all the pieces the right length and mortise and tenon and, you know, all the holes and all the pegs and all the knee braces and, you know, bone, beam and post and everything. Everything has to be made. Nothing can just be taken and chopped to size and then put up. It's like everything has to be fit to fit perfectly together. Everything is numbered one to the other. And that gives it that feeling of art. I think that's where that kind of pride, mm-hmm. like someone can look at it and think this person, you know, someone, everyone will look at that and think, you know, Justin Dietrich facilitated this all happening. You know, so you're like the artist with the, the studio of helpers around <laughs> getting it going. And that's, that's like a, a really awesome feeling. And that's what I want to be a part of. Like, I want to be a part of that studio helping to build that structure. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, and, yeah, uh, that's, that's a good, about that, that's a good point good. too. Oh, I was just going to say, that's a good um, point too, because it's uh, yeah. definitely, like you said, it's a little bit of an art studio. I mean, it's kind of like, it, I, in in a weird way, it's like, that, that's my jam, you know? Like, I grew up on job sites, yeah. you know? And I grew up around, you know, hammers and saws and dirty construction sites, and that is, like, that's my studio, you know? I've never really, like, thought of it that yeah. way, but that is, like where I'm comfortable at and and Devin the one the one word that I've read about timber framing that I think you were like hitting around is uh honest like timber framing is a very honest mm. like trade mm-hmm. and so like yeah you were talking about the simplicity and you can see everything and I think that's the other thing is it's honest it it doesn't hide anything and like what you were saying and right. I I I can I know of many homes that were poorly built, but were covered up with vinyl siding and drywall and you, no one knows it, you know, you can't, you know, but you can't do that with the timber frame. So I think that's part of it as well. (laughs) Yeah. So, well, and and if you do cover and if you do cover it up, shame on you. (laughs) Right. Yes. (laughs) Right. So, yeah, I do like the uh, the fact that there were also some, you know, like there was a there was a spot where like a mortise had been drilled out, right, and then it wasn't the right spot, so it was filled in, and then there was a spot where there was like an additional <laughs> peg hole that was drilled and put through, and then oh, and then yeah. cut flush. You know, it was like that's re- <laughs> there's the honesty right there. You could see those flaws, right? So <laughs> the, oh, do? the cool thing about that though is people who don't know they'll they'll like walk up and be like, "What do you think this part's used for? This is different." <laughs> yeah right yeah right yeah like oh why like, what, what um, were they doing here uh we were talking um earlier about the people who were like helping participate in the timber in, in the timber and then in the an actual build at the maker camp and uh you see that picture from uh daniel harju like hours after everyone left on on uh monday it's just him standing in front of the in the timber framing structure just by himself with it behind him and he's like did i miss it <laughs> oh, uh, i love daniel man he's a stud that's so funny that's uh well yeah, i that don't was, i that was a great post i uh i don't mean i don't mean to uh hijack your podcast or direct it i do have a question for you guys <laughs> Um, okay. If All you right. don't mind, if if you don't mind transitioning away from the maker camp, no, let's do it. Okay, so here here's my question because I, 
I was driving today and I was thinking about this and especially all three of you. And the reason that, uh, uh, I won't say the, I shouldn't say the reason that I had this thought, but something that kind of made me think about it a little bit was a conversation that I had with you, Devin on, I think it was like the first night we were, I think it was, uh, you know, maybe an hour after I told you I was going to bed and then it was two beers later <laughs> you given me and I was, I was mad at you, but I'll save that for another time. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, so one of the questions I have, because I find myself, you know, sometimes struggling with this is like balancing, balancing your personal life with making and specifically for the three of us, like balancing the dad life with with still pursuing like a, a maker life and, and wanting to do these things because, you know, it was a pretty big commitment for me to come out to maker camp like a like just a time commitment just covered six days almost. And so, yeah. you know, that's a long time away from your family, especially when you got little ones and. To me, like, you know, the thought coming home and it like I absolutely feel like, you know, it was the right thing, you know, and that, that I'm doing the right thing. But the other side of it is it is really hard being away from home. It's hard on the wife and it's hard, you know, on the kids. And it's like you want to be so it's like you you don't always want to just leave. But at the same time, for me these are mentally healthy things for me to do, you know, and I'm, I'm at my best when I'm doing stuff like this and I'm meeting people like you getting out there, shaking hands. It, and then I come home and I'm a better person and I want to get back in the shop and I want to take some of the things that I picked up from you guys and other people and other makers out there. And I want to bring them back here. So I'm just curious as to how you guys balance that a little bit. And as I said, I, it started with you, Devin, because that one night. So, Dustin, your daughter is what, seven, eight, nine? She's 12 now. Okay, so she's a little bit older. And so mine are seven and five, but Devin, yours is not a year? Yeah, just over a year. Yeah. Just a year. Very and so, And when you and I were talking. Cause this, I picked up on this about you cause you were like, you were like the social butterfly that night and you were floating around talking to everybody, having a good time. You were like the life of the party. You're having, you're telling jokes. You're the funny guy. And then something got up, brought up about your daughter and your tone changed and you had that little mm. twinkle in your eye. And then I think you had your phone out and you're showing pictures and stuff like that. And it's like, you know, which is awesome. I mean, there's no better feeling in the world. But how do you guys balance that? Yeah. Like by staying active and staying busy with what you want to do personally, but still being a good father and keeping up with that side of your life. I'll start. Yeah, that I think it's also... I'm sure it will change a little bit when they get older. They're more independent. But right now, I feel like I'm. if I go away, there's so much quick growth and things that I feel like I, I don't want to miss it. But I also know, like you said, Justin, you have to get away for your own health and your own just you have to be in the best place 
and then when you come back, you're situated, you're sorted. You don't want to constantly feel like you're missing things because then you'll end up resenting your family, and that that's just obviously a terrible thing. Um, but, yeah, but, yeah, if someone did start to bring up the kid, uh, <laughs> like, daughters and stuff, yeah, I'd start to, like, show her off and get, like, oh, look, like, blah, blah, because uh, my wife would, like, send me, like, oh, she's having a bath now, and here she is outside, and blah, blah, blah. And also, like I said, we just moved into a new house, so I, all that extra, like, unpacking stuff was put on my wife, which was definitely an extra thing. But, like Dustin said two years ago, when it didn't happen after that, we're like, okay, we're both going. So let's just put this time aside. We're both going. Um, it'll be good for us. It's good for us to meet everyone or a lot of people because we hadn't done that. And we know we're going to have to do that. And it's just something we want to do. And I'll also say our parents did a lot of that. I mean, our mom and dad were always around for the things, but they would also my mom always had like girls nights out and they would go away for like weekends and they would do things. So I think it's already in our brain that, okay, the parents do go away. Sometimes they, they definitely need a break. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Uh, and I was thinking the same thing at Justin, as you were, as you were asking the question, like that, I remember that both of our parents would do that. Like our dad would go to like his buddy's house for like a poker night. And, our mom would go out like for a while it was once a week. Now we have three, I have three brothers. There are four of us t- together. So, you know, no one can blame them from needing some time away from four boys, <laughs> like all little boys going crazy all the time, you know? So, but, but I think there's, there's a, as a parent, you need to model what is healthy for a person and it's healthy for a person mm. to have interests yeah. that, that are outside of just their family. Like my mom always said to us, like, I love you all. You're my sons and I love you all, but I love your father in a different way. You know, like I love your father. He's my husband. He's my partner. He's the person I'll be with forever. You guys are my children. I'm going to love you guys in a separate way. And then, you know, that, so I knew there was like a healthiness to having it, that you didn't have to spend every minute and do everything for your family, that you could do some things for yourself, which would reflect how a a healthy adult needs to live and you have to be able to do some things that are for you and, and be able to step away and do those things independently of your family sometime for your own mental health and just to be a, an interesting person, right? That's, I think, uh, one of the things that maybe you mentioned at some point, Devin, when, when you were younger and you were dating and you were, you were maybe, I forget who it was, but one of somebody you were dating and you had dated a new person and said that, you really enjoyed that this person had like hobbies of their own, their own, right. That they like wanted to do stuff outside of just dating you, you know, it wasn't like <laughs> they, there was something that was special, <laughs> something that was special about them that they had that you didn't have. Right. 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 So, so that when you see that in someone else, you can see that there's a healthiness to this thing that they're devoted to and that they think is really special and that they're good at, you know, or at least they're trying to be good at. And I think that's healthy about that relationship. So with me, like Justin, you said that, you know, your daughter's seven or eight, right? That's you've, you've, you've seen, 
at least little snippets of her grow up throughout the art of craftsmanship over like since 2017. You know, if you see those early videos, she's little, you know, she pops in occasionally and then she's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And now she's 12 and we still have her in every video somewhere. We still have her as the shop elf, like hiding in the videos. And, you know, (laughs) we talk about maybe one day she'll not want to do that or she won't be around. We'll have like a little cardboard cut out of her leaning up against the wall or something to have that in there. But, uh, (laughs) but she was, you know, we always wanted to get her into it. So there were times when I would, she would help us in the videos. And I think for us as makers, um, there's something so special about having, having an idea and then completing that idea and having it be a real thing that, um, I want my daughter to be a part of that. And so the whole making thing, you know, disappearing, me disappearing down to the shop or Devin coming over multiple times a week and we film while my wife and daughter are up here, you know, hanging out it, it, what it is. Like it's kind of become part of our life over the years. And, and they're always welcome to come down to the shop and kind of be in the videos somehow or, you know, whatnot. So it is part of what it is, but I think it's important as, adults and parents to show our children that a healthy adult um, has things that are important to them that they can be passionate about. And, uh, and the best way I think we can do that is to kind of take some time off and have that independent passion and do something on our own that hopefully we can involve our children in, you know, and and give them that passion too. So I think that's, that was at least always my way to justify, um, (laughs) you know, doing videos and, and going places and doing things and buying things that were important to me was like, well, you know, this is how a healthy adult lives. It, or if you want to try to be a healthy adult, you need to have something that's important to you and that you can pursue to try to become something, have something that you can look back <laughs> on and be proud of maybe. And for you, uh, Justin, your boys must have, I guess, whether they said it to you or not, they must be proud seeing their dads going somewhere and like, putting up a structure and, and building stuff like that's how, how they feel about that. Yeah. They, they, well, they, when I got home, they asked a lot about it and I, you know, I showed them a few pictures and videos. I, um, you guys met Jim Smith out there that, uh, he was the timber framer. Yeah. It was a couple hours North. So he came down, he, he put up a YouTube yeah. video just a couple days after. Yeah. So I, I showed him that video, you know, so they kind of got an idea and yeah, you, I mean, you could tell they're really proud of it and really into it and curious. And, and I think Dustin, something that you said that I, that hit me was talking about modeling, modeling, like a healthy lifestyle to your children, I think is really important with this. And me as a, as a woodshop teacher, um, I can see that a lot of kids, you know, haven't gotten that. And so they kind of get into woodshop sometimes and they're, they kind of don't you know, not all, but there are definitely some kids who probably haven't been around a lot of tools a lot of power tools in dad's shop and grandpa's shop whatever it is which you know me like and i'm sure you guys be especially with your other two brothers that was probably just a way of life you know as far as like climbing on tools and tractors and machinery and and on job sites and and you know but i i sometimes have to take a step back and realize that a lot of the kids now you know they haven't had that and I want to model that as a thing for my boys is like, 
it's number one, it's, it's nothing to be ashamed of to be like a maker and to work with your hands. It's actually a really mm. positive, healthy thing. And, you know, and the stereotypes of, uh, oh, well, uh, you're, you're a maker, you're working with your hands, so you're probably not that smart, so you're not going to go to college. Right. You know, just all those stereotypes, like, and, and I'm sure you guys will know exactly what I'm talking about, and you can probably think of a lot of people like this, but my, my dad used to say, like, you know, the, the most, I can't remember exactly how he used to say this, I'd, ha I'd have to go back and really try and think about it, but he used to say something along the lines of, like the mo the the smartest people in the world are like smart rednecks, or like like <laughs> rednecks that like it was something to do with like basically you know a person that could like logically think through something but wasn't afraid to work with right. their hands and like do and like get dirty right. like a person like that and you know that comment has always kind of stuck out in my mind a little bit because I, I think about, you know, like I think sometimes people view me like a little bit like, oh, dumb construction worker, you know, and I have my master's degree in education. So like I've tried to kind of like model my life like that. Like I try and be like one of the hardest working people I know, but at the same time, I know that you know, I, I'm not that smart of a person, but I've worked really hard through education to work my way up. So, you know, I, I think there's right. a balance there. And I want and I can tell is like my boys are going to be smarter than me, which makes me extremely happy. Luckily, they got their mom smarts. <laughs> but so like I want to give them that like I want to give them that base root of when they're growing up in their young life, like knowing how to work hard, work ethic. You're never above working with your hands. You know, you're never above mm -hmm. getting dirty. You're, we have, you know, we raise pigs out here. Uh, you know, we build. So you're never above cleaning out a hog pen. You're never above cleaning up sticks in the yard. Yeah. And, you know, so if I feel like if you can get that into a young child at a young age and get them to understand that, and then as they continue to grow and get smarter and they get the book smarts with it, you know, it's, it's a really good, healthy balance for them. And I just, uh, you know, I yeah. want to continue to like, like put that into their mind as they get older. Yeah. <clears throat> I think a little, what you were touching on as well, which seemed important to me is that if you can, if you can teach a child that, you're not above these different things, then that that translates into you're also not above other people, right? right. And that yeah. that mentality is what makes a good person, right? Whether you are smart or not, if you are, if you if you have, are you if you're humble, then people recognize that and they see that, and you become approachable and you become uh, desirable as, as someone who's willing to work and willing to try hard. And, you know, you, you will move through a company that way, or you'll move up in business or you'll move into a position because people see that and they understand that you're not above doing the work that's, that needs to be done to get somewhere. And so whether that, whether you want to push yourself to get into, you know, go to college and get into higher education and be a CEO of a company, or you want to, you know, 
have a, a house and a family and and pass on this inf- you know this legacy to your children that hard work and you know diligence and humility is important both of those people if you're a humble person you know you can both go as far as you want in that in that vein so being being that being someone who works with your hands makes mistakes i think you you ultimately like build humility and a humble mindset into what you do because you know and maybe that's the thing that everyone at maker camp had right we've all had those mm-hmm. mistakes so we all know that at some point you're in your shop by yourself and you're doing something and then all of a sudden you mess up and you're just in there cursing yourself and you're pissed off and you throw it against <laughs> the wall and then you got to start over and try again like because we've all made those mistakes you've all like been in that situation where you either have to keep going or you don't either stop doing it and and you don't or you keep going and i think that yep. maker switch that maker personality pushes you to keep trying you know like well let me let me try again cuz i think the other thing too as makers we have these little wins often where we see something happen that impresses us or we're impressed and we're we're proud and those yeah. little wins help us to move through the bigger the the bigger you know mishaps the fuck ups when you're like, oh, now what am I gonna do? <laughs> well, I know before I've I've gotten past this before, you know, like I can I can get past this moment now because I've done it before. Yeah. I've seen these little wins along the way, and I've been proud of what I've been able to do before, so I'm sure I can do that again. Yeah, well, and That's I awesome. and, and to add to that real quick, um, a little bit of that can do itness, you know, and the and I think if there was ever a better time in the world to understand like hey um an education is great and you should want to go get an, a college education but you know what if uh if someone in your life when you were younger taught you how to work with your hands you'll always be able to to fall back on something you know like you'll you'll never find yourself right. at a spot right now that's like oh well uh, you know, either my, my business fell apart and I got fired or let go or whatever your reason for unemployment is right now. Like, if you can yeah. go work with your right. hands, I bet you're not unemployed right now. And, you know, and I've I've made <laughs> I've yeah. made plenty of fuck ups myself, Dustin, in my life. And yeah, I've right. and even in my own business and construction, I've made plenty of mistakes. But the one thing. The absolute one thing I have learned that got me through all of them was putting my head down and getting to work like Mm -hmm. and you you literally can work your way through bad situations and I've done it before and I know that I can do it. And so even for my own family, I know that if something bad ever happened, I will physically work my way through it. So. You know, I think a lot of that goes back to, but I had people when I was young, I had people showing me that, you know, that I didn't, you know, I, if I developed that, it's because the people that I was watching when I was young taught me those things. Yeah. Right. It's, it's the, um, like doing labor jobs and those really tough six day a week heavy lifting labor jobs when you're spent every day that's that's the paris island marine corps training of life right because by the time you're out of paris island you're so beat down and bonded with other people that anything that comes out at you is it's kind of easier you're not afraid so 
you're doing those labor jobs when you're young or construction or like with me, I did a lot of flooring. I worked for a flooring company for a couple of years and just that day in and day out, six days a week, by the time you get <laughs> out of that, you're toughened, you're toughened up. So when they, <laughs> when someone says, oh, you, you have to do this, blah, 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 or now I can use, now I do sports production. When they like say you have to stay an extra hour to edit something, it's nothing to me. I don't care. I'm sure, I'll stay an extra hour. I'm not afraid of sitting here on my ass and editing. That's fine. <laughs> like, done. <laughs> yeah, right. That's it. Yeah. Oh, no. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, doing that or seeing that, you know, like you said, with parents, like our father <clears throat> was a landscaper for a long time and had his own business. And, you know, we would go to job sites and sit with him and help him out for hours and hours. And my mom would come and we'd all have to get stuff done. You see that that diligence and that work ethic and, and my, my dad has the 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 most serious work ethic out of anyone that i've ever met you know he's like the whole mentality if you're if you're five minutes early you're on, you're on time and if you're on time you're five minutes late you know it's like <laughs> you, you got to be there to work and you got to work hard and you know and so even even just being around people like that if you grow up around that mentality i think that's really important to show people that you know and I think going back to your point, Justin, about being a parent and in this situation that like sometimes you got to work hard, sometimes you want to go and do something, and then you also need sometimes you have to go and do the things that are important to you to have that balance mm. in life. Yeah. Um, so, Justin, I want to ask you, was there any other anything you did outside of the – obviously you did some other things, but something that stood out to you that was really fun, another like some other story to end on or kind of wrap up a little bit? And, Devin, you can think of the same thing, something from Maker Camp. Ooh, from Maker Camp. Um, <laughs> something else that was fun. I, Devin, do you have something? Um. I don't know. I think um, I, I may have talked about it last week, but I really enjoyed the uh, like camping aspect of it being so close. Mm-hmm. I mean, that also might have been because I could easily get beers within a stone's throw. But <laughs> um, I just I, I loved being right there in it. Like when they brought us to where we were going to camp, it was right behind like two tents, like uh, uh where uh Durestin was doing his demonstrations was right there and and we were just in it and for a while with a couple other guys we just kind of sat on the edge and like had beers and ate beef jerky and just watched people and i i uh <laughs> I, I enjoyed doing that as much as getting in with everyone but it was nice to just have a place right nearby to stay and then um also forging my little hook was fun like i didn't know if i wanted to do it at first when dustin kept trying to encourage me to do it like why don't you try to do it and um, at first my it's not an excuse i guess my thing was like i want to be here to meet people and like capture the event i wasn't as and and also the timber framing thing because i've been trying to get that going too it meant my place i wanted that was the main thing i wanted to be there capture the event but then also be there as much as we could for the timber framing and learn as much as I could and observe and help a little bit, you know, put in three pegs that I did put in. Um, <laughs> but just, uh, um, yeah, being where we were, I think 
I, we, we want to try to get that spot again. And we will probably bring a lot more people. There will probably be more O'Hara's. <laughs> there will probably be more friends. It's going to be a, a blast. That's awesome. So I'm, I'm picturing you guys rolling in like Harry and the Henderson station wagon or something. <laughs> like just a car full of people out. hanging out the edge. Just full of coolers in the That's back. Right. That's it. A couple of sleeping bags. That's right. Yeah, we, we we figured our priorities this year, so that way next year yeah. we know what to bring more of. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. No, I just I I think the thing that always sticks out in my mind, and um, our I I guess one thing that leads into another, but just uh, the high quality people that you meet, like, I mean, and I'm not talking about, you know, social media wise. I'm just talking about literally meeting high quality people that are living their life right that are you know they they come up and shake your hand and they're just like so excited to like be at such a cool event and you know there's a lot of people that I met that you know they they don't ever get time to get away and they don't get to take a lot of vacations maybe they don't have a lot of money and this is the thing they set their money aside for and you can see how much it means to them to be a part of it and so I think that part of it is is just so cool to share with so many people and and to like I said to you know just meet somebody from I you know wherever meet somebody from Pennsylvania that you know I've gotten to know so I've I've gotten such a better land layout of the land in my mind by going out there the last <laughs> yeah, few right. years and meeting different people you know it's it's so funny to me because out there you know, you can drive two two hours in any direction and be in like five or six different states. You know, just because everything's so tight. Yeah. And you know, and now you know it even it gets even crazier the the further west you go. But like where I live, I have to drive three hours in any single one direction just to get out of Illinois. And and then once you do that, <laughs> now, now you're in Indiana. Or Missouri, you know, it's like it looks the exact same. It's like you're like nothing is different. It's all the same. So um, I just I do I love coming out that area, and it's just so pretty out there. And then uh, the Maker Camp being in October over Columbus Day weekend, trees are turning, the weather's kind of cool. Like that is that's my favorite type of weather. You know, you got to wear a hoodie to yeah. stay warm, and and uh, yeah. But no, yeah, it yeah. was. It was a good time, and like I said, I'm glad that I finally got to meet you guys in person and and uh, just had yeah, a blast. Same. So, yeah. Um, so, I'll uh, I'll kind of not end and but this is the story that kind of sticks out in my mind for the event, which is really awesome. Um, and then, Justin, if you haven't thought about it, you think of maybe a recommendation, then we'll do some recommendations to wrap up the podcast. Um, but. So there were a lot of things that were really awesome to me. Um, obviously, being part of the group of people putting up the timber frame structure, that was really important, and that was a really, in, a really like intimate um, right. and memorable event. Um, I think uh, talking with people and having people kind of know a little bit about you, but get to learn more about people, like learn more about people and have people learn more about us, was really fun and interesting, and like having people put names and faces together was really fun throughout the entire weekend. Like I, w I met, um, 
I think I mentioned this last week, but I think her name is Carolyn is her first name, but her Instagram handle is the Wood Witch or Woods Witch. And I've been following her for a long yeah. time, but I met her without even knowing that's who she was. You know, it was like we talked for a while and then eventually I realized it, not even while we were talking, but I was like, holy cow, that was, you know, yeah. that was the woods. Which that, I didn't realize that's, that. That's one of those things. I think we, t- I, I must've talked to her for an hour about dogs. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> by the, by the end, you don't know. She's just some nice lady with a dog who I asked, Hey, can I pet your dog? And yeah, then from there on, makers. You, yeah. yeah, you just chat for an hour and then you don't know. It's, yeah. it's great. So I think that was all really important. And also I thought I did have it like it was special for me to see you doing the blacksmithing dev. That was cool just because people know me as the face of the channel and they, and you know, if they listen to the podcast, they know you a little bit more intimately, but you know, having, having you make something and me film a little bit, that was kind of fun. (laughs) Um, But one of the coolest things that happened. So on Sunday night, there was the big maker burn. So they had, they built uh, Wesley treat and I can't remember the other guy's name off the top of my head, but they built, um, like a 25 foot T-Rex in the middle of the field and then set it all up and burnt it. And, uh, I'm, we're all standing around this big giant circle. Everyone's maybe 50, 60, 70 feet away from the actual T-Rex in a giant circle. And everyone's like watching. And there's a kind of an important, that was kind of the, the visual of that giant maker group hug, you know, which I, I kind of remembered. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're there and we're watching and Devin, you like went and got the drone. You're flying around. There's people and I'm kind of, I noticed some of the people I recognize the people. And we've got a couple people around us that we've been chatting with for the weekend, but then I feel my phone buzz. And so I pull it out and it's Justin and he's saying, are you guys still here? And so I was like, yeah, we're here. And you know, I said, we're around the fire or whatever. And you know, I told you where we were. And at that moment, that was pretty special for us because, um, you know, everyone there had like, yeah, the people you're interested in seeing and then you know everyone's kind of trying to meet people because they have this um persona of who they are from their social media presence or their youtube channels but to get a direct message from you justin that you were just like looking for us to hang out that was that was really cool because that mm-hmm. made it feel like we were we were meant to be there you know it was like oh cool someone someone's here that's not just <laughs> Devin who is trying to find <laughs> me or us to oh, I'm hang sorry. out for the evening <laughs> i love you too dev but you know, i've seen enough you of don't have brother. a choice we were sleeping in the same tent <laughs> but um yeah no yeah it just reiterated that fact that like that people were there like as makers we're all there as like these social media presences we have all, we have that presence but it's all people people who are who enjoyed hanging out with other people and having those conversations and drinking a beer and talking about things they loved and showing pictures of their family. And that was, it was special. That was a fun, that was a cool moment. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, yeah, well, thank you for the kind words and you're, you're right. It, yeah. it is kind of funny. Like you'll be sitting there talking with somebody and all of a sudden they're like you said, you know, they're showing pictures of their family and doing that stuff. And it's like, just, you, you're just like, wow, this is a, this is a friend of mine now, you know, this person is a friend, you know, not yep. just someone I know of, you know, and so that's yeah. a, that is pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, it was fun. All right. Well, uh, we will wrap it up with some recommendations. Um, and I'll actually start and I want to start because we were just talking about this. So my recommendation this week is Brett McAfee from uh, Skull and Spade 13 on Instagram and also on YouTube. Um, so when Devin did the uh, he took the, the kind of the hour long class or whatever it was, you know, just kind of getting some some direction from um, 
a teacher it was brett who was leading that, that you know teaching you Devin and like leading you through the hook and stuff and giving you guys the the yeah. corners on form and all and it was really cool it was it was fun to watch um you do that and it was it was fun to be able to sit back and watch that happen but it was also cool to kind of talk with Brett a little bit on the side while you guys are working and he kept coming over and we would chat about a few things and he'd be like yeah, he's doing really good you know it was like, yes real real quick <laughs> When you were you were you were coming in and you saw that I was on there and you were like shooting stuff but you're asking me questions, I remember having the feeling of like, like stop! I'm listening. I'm listening to the teacher. Like you were <laughs> you were the kid trying to chat with me and I was trying to pay attention to the teacher. And he kept being like, "Hey man, what, what are we gonna do?" I was like, ah, "Stop it!" I, 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 I was like, I was trying to be a good boy, you know. And it just. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, yeah. No, he yeah, he was a, he was a great teacher. Yeah, Brett, I, so uh, I, he just Brett Brett gave me my first blacksmith lesson two years ago in 2019 out there, and he Brett is nice, does an awesome nice. job. Like he does a very good job of explaining it and and working yeah, sure. with you through it. So yeah, and I've and I've chatted with him a little bit more on Instagram. Um, and actually, I think you you were the one who suggested that I reach out to him when I was doing the. Um, the post device, the restoration, you saw some pictures on Instagram. You said, oh, yeah. reach, out, reach yep. out to Brett because he might have some more information about it. And so I did. And, and so he and I have chatted back and forth a little bit and become, you know, become social media peripheral friends, you know, <laughs> like, like we all are occasionally. But, uh, yeah, he's, he's a really good dude and did some, you know, it was really fun to watch him teaching Devin, but he did, he just posted a really cool video on his YouTube channel making a, um, a forged coffee table base so he made this really cool organic tree out of all these forged yeah. pieces of metal that he bent around and did all like you know forged a bunch and then used a torch to bend things and just really beautiful work so um that's my recommendation because uh, i feel brett mcafee i feel like brett's at a spot right now he's really starting to set himself apart i mean he's been there for a while but i really feel like he's really taken it to another level lately yeah. Yeah, he's doing some really cool stuff. It's just it's really fun to watch and, and then it was it was great to meet him and see him, you know, teach Devin some stuff. It was it made it all <laughs> come back, come around, you know, is is fun. So check it out. Go check him out on uh on YouTube. Um I think it might be Brett McAfee on YouTube. Um but his uh, Instagram is Skull and Spade thirteen. Nice. I'll I'll go next. Um this is a, a buddy of ours, Matt Brown. We've talked to him on the podcast, and we probably brought his Instagram up. But um, he's so good at guitar; he does the music along with me. He, but he does all the solos, and I do the three chords over and over again in our videos. Um, <laughs> yeah, he uh, his Instagram is so good. The photos he takes are awesome. Like, I, I didn't think that. I mean, I did, but you know, when someone's so good at one thing. You just assume, like, ah, oh, he has an Instagram, like, whatever. But the photos he takes and the places he goes, um, he's out west now. Um, he does hunting. He takes his uh, old RAV4 out and with beautiful photos. Him and his wife go all over, and he hunts and, and does all these cool things. But Matt Brown, it's called The Brown Sound. We've had him on before, but his Instagram is awesome, so go check it out. Yeah, he did just post it. Was he out on like the the salt flats or something? Yeah, yeah, beautiful, beautiful photos of salt flats. Yeah, they're really cool. All right, Justin, awesome. your recommendation. I'm I'm gonna give you two um, for two people right. that have t- 
two people that have given me a lot of inspiration in the last uh, couple years, but somebody, one specifically that came out to the timber and, or to the raising anyways, last weekend at the maker camp was Jim Smith. Uh, he is a timber framer <laughs> up in northern New York. Yeah, you're laughing, Devin, because if you meet the guy, well, it, he uh, he was my he was my suggestion. He was my recommendation last week. Oh, he was. Oh, yeah. I, I, yeah. I haven't listened yet, so that's awesome. So yeah, well, yeah. So I guess we're yeah, double double so, recommendation. Yeah, guess, awesome. Jeez, wow, two weeks in a row. But yeah, uh, no, Jim's Jim's For, a great guy. And it was awesome. It was awesome having him out there um, as somebody who's done it, done it for a long time. And you know, just he he called me up this week, and he was just like, "Man, that was just absolutely awesome," you know. And I think it was good for him to kind of get back around into it a little bit around some other people, and because it is revitalizing and it's refreshing. So he is one. Um, the other one I want to point out is. Uh, Rob Hughes, who is also a timber framer in western New York. He's uh, kind of south of Buffalo area. And Rob is just, uh, he, Rob has really helped me personally come a long way in the last couple of years. And um, his design sense is just phenomenal. But he and I connect really well because he's a teacher. And so he's teaching timber framing to his students, which that's mm-hmm. kind of how he and I got connected was, I had found a magazine article um, that somebody had like showcased what he was doing with his students. And it was what I was wanting to get into with my students. And, and in the article, he says like, yeah, I, I hope maybe somebody can, can read this and realize that they could do this too in their shop with their students. And I was like, well, that's me. <laughs> that's not like, I met somebody to me. And so, so I sent him an email, you know, not knowing like how often he checks his email or anything, not knowing if I'd ever hear back from him. And I got an email back from him within the next day. And so then we kind of went back and forth. And this summer I, we ended up meeting and I got to go out to his place and just a beautiful place. Like I think he owns like 60 acres out on this mountain in like Western New York and his family does anyways. And he's got a pretty cool spot, like a timber frame cabin. And he's got all these like small timber frame structures. Nice. And and uh, I've I've been sharing. He's not on Instagram, but I've been sharing his Facebook post on Instagram because um, he is just at a very very high level of timber framing. And he just he just put up this beautiful uh, salt box style uh, workshop up on this mountain. And just a really oh, cool and, and he and I we've been talking about it for a while and to see it go up for him because he he had said that he was going to try and come out to maker camp but when he he needed to get his building up they raised it on the same day and uh man just uh just somebody who's really he's helped me personally come a long way and has done it you know with just reaching his hand out basically and helping me along and And, you know, just when you get to meet people like that, you know, and and all they want you to do is to be able to take the information and pass it on to other people. You know, that's, you know. Right. So it's uh, there's a lot of good people out there and you just got to be willing to reach out to them, you know, and say hi. So this is where uh, Rob Hughes is. You stopped at his place on the way out to the timber to the timber end. Is that who you were showing images of? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Chip awesome. and I went. It was like a. 
Yeah, it had the grill. The grill it wasn't like a grill structure that was over top of a grill. Yeah, I think he calls them like grill pavilions. Like where like the they're kind of they're pretty cool. They the roof line does not come to a peak, right? Ba- or basically like one right, side yep. of the roof line extends and then it's open. So when the smoke goes up, it doesn't get yeah. stuck. It doesn't get stuck in the peak of the roof. It exits throughout the top, and there's really pretty buildings and and uh, yeah, just. Uh, really like i said really inspirational people out there that are willing to help so cool right on um is that h-u-g-h-e-s hughes like yes it's probably yep. the same way and if you right, if I'll, if you're I'll gonna try. like if you're gonna tag him in the pod in the podcast or anything the other thing his business is called uh big beams timber frames so big beams. but he's uh yeah, he's got a lot of good stuff going, and and it's just uh, again a, another awesome person to be able to shoot a text to or make a phone call and hey, what do you think about this or what's yeah. your thoughts on this? And nice, yeah, right on. That's awesome. Um, going back to Jim, yeah, he when we were working on the on the timber frame, he kind of on Saturday came up and was like, hey, you know, I'm I'm Jim, I'm James or Jim from uh, the Tradesman Channel. And he's yeah. he and I have been kind of following each other for a while, you know. So I was like, "Oh, cool, Jim, what's going on?" You know, that was another person. Yeah, you're just like <laughs> in the middle of working, and then you realize this person you're working next to is someone that you <laughs> know and respect and have been following, and you see the things they're doing. Like, oh, cool. And we yeah. end up hanging out with Jim quite a bit throughout the weekend because he was like, "Well, I know you guys, and you know, can I hang out with you guys?" And we're like, "Sure, of course." So he like he ended up staying <laughs> the extra night, you know, camped out in the field in his truck and <laughs> and drank a bunch with us, and yeah, it was fun. Yeah, yeah, I, I he had it. A, he had a good time. He had a good time. It was awesome meeting him, and and I was and you know and and it's awesome having for like me having somebody like him there because you know I could I could right. say, hey, can you go take this on and just. I can forget about it, you know? Um, right. You know, yep. it's, it's right. awesome having somebody there like that, that, you know, it's going to get taken care of. So. Right. Yeah. yeah so, cool. yeah, if this uh, doesn't sell people to, for the maker camp, then nothing <laughs> will. We've talked about <laughs> it for right. two podcasts. You're welcome. Uh, we Austin. promise we won't talk about it until. <laughs> yeah, yeah right exactly you're gonna have a lot more people next year or at least we're gonna bring an extra 20 people oh, a lot more o'hara's anyways <laughs> yeah we yeah, got a whole exactly. we got a whole clan of people coming up so <laughs> cool all right well justin thank you so much man it was it's a blast to yeah. chat with you and and you're our you're our second returning guest we had uh sean mm-hmm. porter who's from crafting life i want he was he was a uh, our first returning guest and that was kind of a last minute like Devin can't be on the podcast and so I asked Sean if he could join me so um we really appreciate you coming back and chatting awesome. it's fun and it's always fun to I like I like the idea of talking to someone uh that you know a little bit better you know that's it's always yeah, nice to be able to absolutely. have people on the podcast and chat with them but you know after you chat with us once for an hour and a half then you already feel like you know us now that we have you back <laughs> so it's nice to be able to come back and chat yeah with we you got again. maybe I mean, maybe that's we got to know yeah, maybe each that's other the new well last maybe that's the new rule we got yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Maybe we we got to meet someone once, and then we'll have them on again once we've met them. Right. <laughs> and then spent a few days doing something, then then we'll have people on again and talk to them again. Yeah, right. I like it. Nice. All right. Well, thank you everyone also for listening. Uh, please make sure you go over and check out Justin. 
Um, Justin, give uh, give everybody let 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 the uh, listeners know where they can find you. Uh, I'm primarily on Instagram, uh, jdtrick76. Um, you can also follow this the school. One more. Uh, what's that? I was going to say we want more YouTube videos. Or yes. I do personally. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm trying. I'm trying to get there. Um, but yeah, my I am on YouTube. I I think I'm almost up to a thousand subs. If that means anything. Hey, nice. I mean, I haven't posted a yeah. video in like four months. But uh, yeah, that I I would that would probably be a goal of mine for 2022. Is I do want to consistently post more. I have a big project upcoming that I, I want to document well. And uh, so I'm hoping that yeah. I can get everything like set up to do it to, to uh, what's the word I'm looking for to document it well. And um, so hopefully right. I, that, but yeah. that will be a 2022 project for me for next spring, summer, fall. Right on. Sweet. Yeah. It's, I think it's uh if I, if I'm imagining where Devin's coming from, it's always nice to see people do things and you know, those people and you kind of, you get the feeling of what they do and you're a little bit more intimate with them when they do some things. So we like to see people that we yeah. like putting more things up on YouTube because it's fun to watch. It's fun to see your, your boys like helping you out yeah, and stuff. Right. And you know, that's always, it's great to, you know, yeah, I, I, part of someone's life. I just like to consume stuff on my TV sitting back in, in my chair. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> awesome. Well, good stuff. So, guys. yeah, guys, I... go check out. Yeah, good. Yeah. Check out uh, Justin on Instagram and go see him on YouTube. We'll give him some extra followers and some extra subscribers on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, go over and find us on YouTube, which is where we want everyone to go and and see the things we're making. We will be putting up uh, another the video of the Maker Camp, kind of an overview of it all. Shot all on the GoPro for the first time, so we see how that feels. Ooh. But uh, but yeah, that'll be coming up soon. So check that out, and then you can also follow Devin and I both on Instagram um, at the Art of Craftsmanship and at the Art of Camera Guy. And please, if you feel so inclined, um, if you want to support us any other way, you can go over to Patreon.com/slash The Art of Craftsmanship and support us there. That makes a huge uh, difference, and um, it's again very humbling to know that people are out there that want to support us. So, and we appreciate that immensely. Yeah. Any, any final words, Justin? <clears throat> no, I, I just want to say guys, I really do enjoy coming on here and talking to you guys. And I, I can't remember exactly when I started following you guys, maybe about a year and a half ago. I think, um, I found, I think I, I found you on YouTube first. And then from there, I think you, yeah. Cause I think you just started your, I, I remember you posting that you were going to start a podcast and I just really appreciate um, yeah. your, both of your commitment to putting out high quality content and the way that you bring it on and, and just how you guys, you know, Devin, you do, you know, the camera work and editing so well and that's your thing and like, and it, it comes through in your videos you. and, and you know, Dustin, the way that you, you know, you're uh, maybe the reason why we connect is because we're teachers. And so I can kind of like pick up on some of your teacher cues or whatever. But, um, yeah, <laughs> you, know, you, you just do an awesome job on explaining what you're doing. And 
and going through those right. things and you're both passionate about it and I think it's awesome. So I, I, you guys are very genuine and that comes through on the camera. So I, uh, I definitely appreciate that about what you do. Well, thank thank you for that. And I wasn't, by final words, I wasn't fishing for a compliment, but we will take it. <laughs> I'll throw <laughs> Anything you else you want to say about before it? Right, I, any other compliments you'll say before we go, throw them in. All right. I see what he's going for <laughs> here. Right All in. right. I'll Track throw him a bone. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think uh, what you're saying, too, that was the other, the one last thing I'd like to say is that it was really nice um, meeting people who we've only ever predominantly seen on social media and, and, uh, how so many, the majority of the people I met came across in person the same way they do. Right. I mean, most people don't do yep. a ton of like stuff behind the camera. You know, I know a lot of people through Instagram, but really even that you kind of, I think a lot of people come through and even their comments and what they say about their work, you know, and then you get to meet them and you're like, Oh, these are cool people. Like I thought you would be a cool person yeah. and you do turn out to be a cool person. You're like, you're a real person. It's a real guy. Right. That was fun. There you so. go. Exactly. All right, everybody. <clears throat> well, that's a wrap on maker camp 2021, at least in our podcast. Well, we will, uh, only bring it up probably another hundred times before next year. <laughs> Can't promise anything, but, uh, <laughs> but I hope you guys all join us next year. I know Justin, you have some cool things in the works and I know you've been uh, talking with Jim a little bit. Um, he's given me a little bit of behind the scenes as he's coming up with some ideas for things for next yeah. year. So, right. um, if you guys, if you're listening and you want to be a part of that, keep your ears to the, to the grindstone and, and follow Justin and follow us to see what will happen next year at Maker Camp. For sure. All right. Devin, Justin, it was a blast. Yep. And everybody thank else. Thank you, boys. Thank you, guys. All so much for listening, and we will talk to you all next time. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the King of Sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.